Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. I'm your host, The Fellow KGB. You can follow me on Twitter at The Fellow KGB. And it is November 30th, Monday night. We got a good game tonight between the Eagles and the Seattle Seahawks. So that's a lot of fun. Today's been a crazy day with news. We're probably just going to take it easy tonight. I'll answer any questions in the chat room. We're probably just going to read some news, kind of lightly go over the waiver wire report. This whole week and this whole day has been pretty strange in terms of news with COVID. And uh, we got a suspension today. We got a couple other news with injuries and notes and things like that. So I guess just kick back and we're going to probably just hang out for at least an hour. I'll hang out as long as people have questions. But for now, we're going to hop into a screen share here. And I did want to kind of point out that I really don't know what to do with my schedule this weekend. I typically do uh, a Monday night hangout, which is a pretty loose. Uh, we just look at the news and we just talk about the things on the waiver wire that we'll talk about tomorrow night. Because typically waivers runs Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. So that's when I usually do my waiver wire report. But now with this with this Baltimore Steelers game being pushed back to Wednesday night, I think every pretty much every uh, fantasy podcast or any, any fantasy platform is going to push their waiver wire back by one day. So I do think we'll probably end up talking about waiver wire stuff tomorrow and Wednesday night too. I'm really not sure how they're going to work on this. What's going on, Fabian? Thanks for hanging out tonight, man. How you doing? Uh, but I'm just kind of talking about the schedule ahead for this week. I really don't know what I want to do this week because we do know Wednesday we do have the Baltimore Steelers game. So we'll probably be talking about waiver wire stuff the next couple nights, assuming it runs through Wednesday night. And we wake up Thursday morning to see who we got. So, And then there's no Thursday night football game, so I won't be talking about a Thursday night game on Wednesday, which means Thursday, Friday, we'll just be covering all of our start-sit charts. So for now, I really don't know what else to, to, to do tonight. So I think what we're going to do is I just want to kind of cover over some of the injuries and the things that I have noticed uh, from just yesterday's games. Um, so we got Fabian saying we're in two leagues. We're six and six and four in the other. So we're pretty much out unless we can pull a clutch one. Well, man, we're going to help you try to get in with that six and six roster. Hopefully seven and six can make it. I know pretty much all the leagues that I'm in, they allow at least one team in by points. I don't know if that works for you, but uh, I do kind of have some loopholes in, in my fantasy leagues where we make sure the top get down on records. And then we have one or two teams get in by points at the end. Uh, and then another thing that I do with a lot of my leagues, I'm the commissioner in two of my most important leagues. And we do a seven, we have 12 team leagues and we do a seven team playoff. So we allow the number one overall seed to get the first round by. And then we do the next, I guess the next five records. So the top five people get in on records and seventh seed is, is wild card most points. Uh, so it kind of works out where we have, you know, games, you know, six teams playing on wild card uh, first round of the playoffs. And then everybody plays, uh, moves on to the final four, things like that. So it kind of works with the, with seven playoff teams. Uh, the one league that I have right now, it's uh, we're in our 11th year. That one's pretty much locked in. And then the other one that I do is a dynasty league. Uh, but if things are going good, I might um, maybe next in the summer, if, you, if, if you're, if you're still down to do it, I might just like create like a friendly league where I just uh, invite a bunch of people that are in the YouTube comments, or if they're interested in, in playing a league, maybe I'll just create a fun league and we can kind of do something on the side. Uh, but we'll we'll probably think about that next summer. So that's a good idea, though. I think that could be a lot of fun. Uh, but for now, man, I just want to cover some of these these injuries and stuff here. So we got Tua Tagovailoa with the thumb injury. I'm assuming just because the Dolphins are in really good shape to make the playoffs, we might see Ryan Fitzpatrick get an extended run here. We have the left thumb injury for Tua. He's questionable for this week. We have Daniel Jones with his right hamstring. They did have some MRI stuff come back today, and it looks okay. I think he's going to play, but we do just have him doubtful for now. They're going to play Seattle next weekend. Uh, so we'll see about uh, what happens with Daniel Jones the rest of the week. We'll be watching his uh, practice reports there. Josh Jacobs, this one was an interesting one too. He tweaked his ankle kind of bad. They're saying it looked worse than it really was. The MRIs and everything came back pretty good today. So he's questionable for week 13. Uh, this is going to, if you're a Josh Jacobs owner, this is going to make me really, I mean, I'm going to pound the table for Devontae Booker. Make sure you, please make sure you have Devontae Booker on your, your rosters going into the fantasy playoffs. Christian McCaffrey, right AC sprain. We're going to continue to monitor him, but he should be good to go week 14. So if you made it to the fantasy playoffs without Christian McCaffrey, one, very good job. Well done. And I think he's going to be good to go week 14. So that should be a lot of fun. A little bit extra juice for you week 14. Todd Gurley's going to be questionable again with his knee injury. Uh, but Brian Hill, man, it was a little bit a little bit of a disappointing outing from Brian Hill in a game where they win 43 to six. We only get 55 rushing yards from Brian Hill. It looks like Edo Smith 
was the guy there with the touchdown. So we'll probably talk about, you know, Smith a little bit throughout the week. DeAndre Swift, assuming he can come back, he did, you know, practice a little bit limited before Thursday's game, and he still has the concussion protocol stuff going on. But we're assuming DeAndre Swift can come back. And I'll be really interested to see how the Detroit Lions uh, respond to the GM and the head coach firing. There should be a little bit of a weight lifted off of them, I think, and maybe a little bit more freedom for Matt Stafford to kind of do what he wants. So really interesting situation to watch in Detroit. You got Philip Lindsay with the right knee injury. He's going to be questionable. I really don't know too much about this one. But again, like it's the Denver Broncos. I don't know if we're going to want to be trusting the Broncos situation at the moment. It looked like Julio Jones had a chance to play this weekend uh, with the left hamstring, but he's going to be questionable. I'm assuming just because he was limited all week last week, if we see any kind of full practice this week, we're going to be good to go with Julio Jones. So that's a really good sign. They're going to play the Saints. So that might be a tough draw. Hopefully he can play. Kenny Galladay, again, he's still going to be questionable with this hip injury. If he gets any limited or full practices in this week, we'll, we'll feel a little bit better about him in our lineups. And again, that goes back to the, the thing I was saying about Detroit, where if, if Detroit all of a sudden, you know, they get this, the head coach out of the way, the GM out of the way, and now the team kind of is just looking around like, okay, let's play for each other. We'll see what kind of spirit the Lions have the rest of the way. I'm trying to remember who they play this week. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, just looking at week 13. Uh, we'll talk about the schedule for week 13 in a little bit too, just because it's such a wacky one. They're pushing, they're pushing a lot of games to Monday night football all of a sudden. Um, so it looks like Detroit's going to be playing the Chicago bears. So I don't know. I mean, Chicago's defense didn't really play very well last night. So we'll see. Uh, and then we're monitoring DJ Chark here. He's questionable with the rib injury. Uh, the Jaguars do play, I think it's Minnesota. Yeah, they're going up against Minnesota. So that's a really good matchup. If we can get DJ Chark back, I'll be interested uh, a little bit in DJ Chark. And DJ Moore, unfortunately, had the right ankle sprain. It was really – he should have had two touchdowns in yesterday's game. Teddy Bridgewater missed him really badly both times. And on the one that he got injured on, Teddy just threw it way behind him, and DJ had to kind of, like, reach back, and he just had to contort his body, and he landed weird on his ankle. So DJ Moore – Pretty frustrating. We'll see what happens after the bye week, but it's not believed to be very serious. And then I did just put Herb Smith on here with his groin and the back injury. He'll be questionable this week if you need tight end. Uh, and then I do have a list here of guys that are eligible to return from IR. The one that I'm keeping my eye on is George Kittle. If you play in a league that you have an IR spot and George Kittle's been dropped, 49ers won yesterday. They're only a game or two out of the playoff while, you know, the wild card race number seven seed. So I'm keeping my eye on George Kittle. And then for now, I do have a good list of things started for the waiver wire report. If you wanted to check on that in the description below, it's not complete. I'm going to be finishing that up probably tomorrow. And then I think just because waiver wires are going to be a little bit delayed this week, we'll probably be talking about this waiver wire report for at least the next two days. Um, so we got Fabian talking about Jimmy Graham in here. We had some points, but they were garbage time points. Yeah, the whole garbage time. I mean, I had the Packers defense going in a couple leagues, and it, I mean, they allowed 15 points, you know, in the fourth quarter. Looked like Kevin King could have had an interception at the end, so I was a little disappointed in the effort. But I don't know, really complete game from the Packers. We'll see what the Bears can do. They do play the Lions this weekend, so I do think maybe Jimmy Graham or for sure Allen Robinson, David Montgomery is going to be a good play. So the Bears, man, I was just kind of looking at the uh, one thing I really like to do is I like to look at the standings, and this kind of you know just it just triggers to me. I look at things that I'm like. Okay, this this team needs to win this week. You know, we're kind of leaning into some of these these playoff scenarios right now. Chicago is currently five and six. They they lost track to the Vikings here. The Vikings now have the inside track to catch up on the Cardinals this weekend. And like I said, the San Francisco 49ers, we're going to be watching these three teams, the Vikings, the Bears, the Niners, and we'll see about Arizona. Arizona has a kind of a tough schedule the rest of the way. So I'm really watching these four teams in the, the NFC race. I think basically everywhere. I guess even the NFC East teams, a team like Washington right now, they're hitting their stride, looking really good here. I mean, even tonight's game, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, man, if they win, they get vaulted up to the fourth seed here and they're going to be a team hosting the, uh, the, the opening weekend wildcard game. So a lot of things riding in tonight's game. Um, so you started Cam over Brady. Oh man. It, it looked good on paper. I think Cam almost had a rushing touchdown or two. And I guess if you if in the first half, Brady did not look good. So I guess pretty much all of Brady's numbers came in garbage time. And I'm I'm nervous about Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. That offense, uh, it's it's a work in progress right now. The the Bucs do have an easy schedule the rest of the way. What's going on, Bob Ross? Thanks for hanging out, man. 
Uh, but the Buccaneers play the Falcons, Atlanta, Vikings. Like that, they have a really good schedule here for the fantasy playoff run. So I think I'm going to be starting Tom Brady, Ronald Jones, and uh, the receivers in these games for sure. Uh, but uh, since we got a couple people in here now, I'm going to be. You guys can just. I mean, this is your guys' show. I think Monday nights from now on, I'm just going to be kind of reading the news and just covering some of the things that are on my mind. But uh, I kind of want Monday nights to be just this open. Uh, this this open. I guess room where we can kind of just talk about whatever is on chat room. I'll pull up some things here. We do have some very interesting, like today's news, the last couple hours has been insane. Uh, the Texans just lost Wolf Fuller for basically the rest of the year. They say six games. He announced on Instagram here that he's been suspended for violating the, the PED uh, substance stuff here. So not really good here for the Texans. We're going to see Deshaun Watson's value go down a little bit. So if you're leaning on Watson, that doesn't make me feel very good anymore about him being a top quarterback one. Uh, we're also going to see, I guess, Kenny Stills was released from this team a couple weeks ago. So their lone receivers are going to be Randall Cobb, Brandon Cooks, and Kiki Cutie. They also have this rookie Isaiah Coulter here, who could be an interesting guy. But as far as the Texans offense going forward, we're really only going to care about Watson, probably Duke Johnson, maybe David Johnson, and probably Brandon Cooks. We'll see if any of the tight ends can do. But uh, I'm really interested to see what this offense is going to look like going forward. So we got Fabian asking a couple questions here. Uh, we'll start with Bob Ross. So we played Fitzpatrick over Cam and Tannehill this week. That, that probably worked out pretty well. Tannehill did have the rushing touchdown, but he didn't have a lot of uh, a lot of volume in the passing game. So I know Fitzpatrick had two touchdowns. He looked pretty good. Um, so that, that looked like it turned out to be a pretty good play. And uh, the Falcons injured Josh Jacobs, man. Yeah, they were, they were, uh, they were grabbing at his ankle a little bit there. And uh, Philip Rivers, he did actually. Philip Rivers actually played pretty decent. I'm in the um, so I guess the rest. This is how the rest of my Monday night's going to be going. I'm going to be uploading my Week 12 opportunity report, where I'm kind of halfway through it right now. Uh, but I go through all of the the snap reports and the stats, and I'm just uploading these from yesterday's games. But Philip Rivers actually played decent. He was 24, 42, almost 300 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. So it would have been a decent day for fantasy purposes. What? That's, you know, eight points from the touchdowns and maybe an extra 10 points from the yards. So somewhere in that 16 to 18 point range. Jacoby Brissett, man, comes in here with the two touchdowns. He goes 0 for 2 passing, gets four rushes, three yards and two touchdowns. So that's that's a really weird uh, situation going on there when they get into the five yard line. They've been bringing in Jacoby. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, but a couple other things caught my eye with this Colts Texans or this Colts Titans game. You see Naheem Hines just dominate the touches. He ended up with 10 targets and uh, a total of eight receptions, 66 yards, only 29 yards on the ground. But uh, really nice to see him utilize more. I know Jonathan Taylor was out, but uh, we, we were able to trust Naheem Hines this weekend. So that's a really good thing to see. And then the other thing that I noticed here is Trey Burton. If you guys need tight end help, Trey Burton, I know he's not – I mean, they kind of use a three-way tight end committee here. Moa Lee Cox had two targets, two catches, 19 yards. But Trey Burton had a little spurt like in the second quarter, maybe there was the early beginning of the third, where all of a sudden they just targeted him a bunch. Like it, it came in bunches. So he had three for 42 and a touchdown. They really like to, to use Trey Burton near the red zone. And uh, they have they have like touchdown packages for him. So like – when they get close, they have this weird Jacoby Brissett thing going on, and they also like to look for Trey Burton. So if you need tight end help, I, I like Trey Burton as a potential guy there. Um, and then I guess since we're, we were talking about the Texans earlier, uh, I do think David Johnson's probably going to be coming back pretty soon. But you got to think without Will Fuller for the rest of the season, maybe Duke Johnson gets a little bit more you know, boost in the target department. I'm interested in Brandon Cooks. I don't think Cooks is just going to be this dominant wide receiver one the rest of the way. He's probably got a guy that's going to be in the 7 to 10 target range. So he gets a slight boost. I don't really know if I like it that much because defenses should be focusing on Brandon Cooks. Uh, but either way, it's a slight boost for Brandon Cooks, a little bit of a downgrade for Deshaun Watson. And then we'll see, as, as far as their number two target, maybe Randall Cobb comes back from his toe injury, but I think he's on IR still. So maybe maybe it's one of these tight ends. I really don't know. It's going to be kind of a messy situation in Tennessee. Um, so uh, some of my favorite, I mean, my it really depends on what you play. If you play in redraft, I think ESPN is a pretty good app just for redraft purposes. If you're using Dynasty League, that's where it gets a little bit messy. So you can, you know, you can trade picks and you have a little bit more customization. Uh, but for the most part, I, I'm totally fine with ESPN. And the reason I like ESPN is because on Sundays, the app 
like the game day experience. I know a lot of people dislike ESPN, but for me on Sundays, ESPN has the best like in-house app that you can actually see the game tracker. You can see all the points, you see all the plays coming in. Uh, so for me, I've played on sleeper before I've played on Yahoo. I've played on CBS. I've played on flea flicker. I've played on, uh, I've even used fan tracks this year. So I've used a wide variety of fantasy apps, but for me, uh, the best one, I guess I have a couple of leagues here on ESPN and uh, ESPN is really, really customized. It's more customizable than people think. And uh, you can actually do a lot of cool stuff like with the league page. Um, so I, I actually type up a lot of stuff here. So there's, there's news and notes here. You can actually post stuff in the messaging board. So I do post like power rankings and all kinds of cool stuff in here. So ESPN, I don't know. I've been using ESPN for 12 years. So I like, I like the customization of ESPN. Um, should we drop the Colts defense for Rams D or 49ers? Okay, this is a really cool question. Um, so the Colts yesterday, and they were missing some starters. Uh, so that's kind of why they got taken to the woodshed. But let's let's first take a look at uh, what we got going on in the schedule department for both of these teams. Or I guess all three, all three of these teams. So we're looking at the Colts, the Rams, and the 49ers. Uh, let's just take a peek here. Um, We'll pull up the Indianapolis Colts and the Colts schedule the rest of the way. So week 13, they're going to get the Texans, which is they get the Texans twice in the next fantasy schedule here. So Texans, Raiders, Texans, Steelers. Okay, so I'm probably starting the Colts against the Texans now without Will Fuller. I'm probably starting them against the Raiders. We just saw the Atlanta Falcons kind of take them to the woodshed. This one's in Las Vegas. But I think the, the Colts should be healthier by then. So I think for the next three games, Texans, Raiders, Texans, I'm probably riding the Colts pretty hard here. Week 16, we'll kind of see what – I'm not really sure what to do with Week 16. They're going to be playing the, the Steelers. But I guess if you get that far, we can reevaluate. Uh, but for the next three games, I think I really like the Colts' schedule here. Let me just pull up the Rams real quick while we're looking at this. So the Los Angeles Rams – Rams are playing good football right now. They probably should have won, but uh, Jared Goff got a little bit rattled. Um, so they're playing the Cardinals. They're playing the Patriots. They're playing the Jets. So that's a really good weekend. But then week 16, I don't think I want any part of the Seahawks game. Uh, I'm just curious here. They haven't played the Cardinals yet, so we really don't know what to expect in this one. I think I'm still taking the Colts over the Rams at the moment right now. And then let's quick take a peek at the 49ers schedule. So the 49ers get Buffalo, Washington, Cowboys, Cardinals. Um, I'm, I'm interested in this Buffalo Bills game. I don't really know what to expect, but we just saw the 49ers get a little bit healthier. They did get Richard Sherman back. They also got Raheem Mostert back, which in a way that does help the defense because the offense should be on the field a little bit more, put in better situations. So I do think the 49ers are a team to keep an eye on for the rest of the season. I would probably rank them Colts, Niners, Rams in terms of defense, just based on these schedules. Uh, and then I guess week 16, when we get there, we can kind of reevaluate it. Maybe there's some other teams that we like for them. Uh, but really good question there, Bob Ross. Um, so we were kind of just looking at some of the news here. We were just talking about the, the, the Texans here. They're going to be playing the Colts this weekend. Here, I wanted to pull up um, – I did want to pull up the schedule for week 13. And because it's uh, they've been moving games. All of a sudden, we had three games on Monday. Um, so they're showing – uh, Monday, they, they did have the Dallas-Baltimore game on Monday, but now they pushed it to Tuesday. So next weekend, we get two Monday night games, and we get a, a Tuesday night game. So this should be really fun here. Um, so is the Ravens game – so the, the Ravens game got pushed back to Wednesday this week. And uh, here, let me show you. If I, if I just pull up on uh, week 12, uh, I wonder if it'll be in there. So they're, they're, they're having it at 2.40 p.m. That's central time. I'm not sure where you guys are located, but 2.40 central time. Wednesday. So we have Wednesday afternoon football, which is kind of fun. I'll, I mean, I'll be at work or something, but uh, the game is on. And now they're also saying that Mark Ingram and, and J.K. Dobbins, because it's been over uh, the period for the COVID quarantine, that they're both going to be back. So, I mean, if you were banking on Gus Edwards, now you get J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram both activated for this one. So we'll see what happens on Wednesday. But because of this game's now pushed to Wednesday, I think we're going to see all of the, the fantasy platforms push their waiver wire stuff back. Um, so we're going to have to put our claims in on Wednesday night. And then when you wake up on Thursday, that's when you'll see all your new players from the waiver wire. So something to really keep an eye on here. I think 
I think tomorrow is going to be like we're we're probably just going to be checking tomorrow and seeing if any more positives happen for the the Ravens and the Steelers here. But as of right now, they really can't push that game back any farther. They've uh, just because we were looking at week 13, uh, they've already pushed back both Steelers and the Rams or the, the Ravens games for next week. So the Ravens get pushed to Tuesday. Steelers get pushed to Monday. So kind of a lot of action. That's kind of fun. Um, they also did a couple other schedule changes, but uh, those are a little bit later in the year. So I don't know, man. There's a lot of things moving around. I'll kind of keep a look. Let's just kind of go over the, the Roto World news here. They got Julian Edelman on the COVID list. I don't really know if we care about him for fantasy. Um, just a lot of notes here. The Packers signed Tavon Austin, so that's kind of cool. Something to keep an eye on uh, for there. I know they like um, they like their, their Tyler Urban, so we'll see probably him a little bit in the running back in the receiving room. Um, so if you guys have DJ Moore, his x-rays on his ankle were negative. It was a really awkward landing. He was wide open in the touchdown. Teddy Bridgewater threw behind him. So if you do have DJ Moore, he's on bye this week. There's a good chance that he's back after the bye. So we'll hopefully hold on to him and go into the fantasy playoffs with DJ Moore. Uh, Josh Jacobs also uh, had an ankle injury. He does have a chance to play. That's really good reports. I think, though, once I get a little bit more uh, information on the waiver wire report stuff tomorrow and Wednesday, we're probably going to be targeting Devontae Booker in the waiver wire column. He does have a handful of touchdowns on the season. He's looked pretty good. And if 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 they're going to be limiting Josh Jacobs for the next couple of weekends, we might see a little bit more Devontae Booker. There's always chance for re-injury. So, I mean, come this time of year, I think you want to start stocking up on your waiver wire handcuffs. So Devontae Booker is going to be a guy that I talk up this week quite a bit. Uh, if you're banking on the Giants offense and Daniel Jones, they're saying he's expected to miss some time here. They do play. They have a really good matchup against Seattle this weekend. I don't think we can expect him to play in this one. So that's going to be Colt McCoy. If you're playing in two quarterback super flex leagues, he's going to be the guy that I'm probably going to mention on the waiver wire here. Uh, <laughs> Chicago, man, they got some really weird headlines in here. Um, Bears coach Matt Nagy had some really, really interesting comments throughout the day in his press conferences. But he says, I don't see why not Mitch Trubisky would start in week 13 against the Lions. So not a lot of confidence in Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles, for that matter. But it looks like Trubisky is going to get the start for at least one more game. Uh, that's only really important for two quarterback Superflex leagues. Uh, Ronald Jones, man, he looked really good. I don't know if you guys saw, but he had that really awesome uh, short little flat out. And then he made a guy miss, and he just did this crazy tightrope stuff down the sideline to get the first touchdown for Tampa Bay yesterday. Um, Bruce Arians has been frustrating. I, I was all in on Ronald Jones this summer before they signed Leonard Fournette. And I thought Ronald Jones was going to get the ball 15 to 20 times a game, but they, they just can't get the, they can't get a, a game script that's consistent anymore right now. They kind of get either, either way behind or they get way ahead and, and everything's kind of out of whack. So Ronald Jones is the best running back on Tampa Bay. If you, if you're holding on to him, he does have a really good schedule coming up. So I do think Tampa Bay's offense, they have a bye this weekend. Hopefully they can take a breather. They're seven and five. They're still in the playoff race. I think they hold the fifth or the sixth seed. So I do think, um, I do think Ronald Jones and the Bucks offense can be a part of our offense here. Uh, so we got Jamal Williams and Latavius Murray. Yeah, they were stealing the points, but I mean, also the, um, at that point in the game, both games were kind of out of hand. And I know the uh, you think about um, this is how I've been thinking about lately. If you think about like how a coach thinks, you know, and especially the Packers and the Saints, these are teams that are pretty much thinking Super Bowl this year. They want to make sure all their guys are healthy. They're not going to exhaust Aaron Jones or Alvin Kamara unless they need to. So in a game, you know, where the Packers were up, what, 34 to 10 at one point, and I think Jamal Williams got that last touchdown, uh, we see Jamal Williams more, we saw him more in the fourth quarter. I think he had 17 carries. Aaron Jones had 17 carries. They're not going to, they're not going to wear out Aaron Jones. They're not going to wear out Alvin Kamara. So uh, I've been kind of hinting at this the last couple of weeks with my waiver wire and my start sit stuff, but Jamal Williams and Latavius Murray, they are low end RB2 flexes. And in games where they are favored to win by probably more than a touchdown, I think you're going to want to start Jamal Williams and Latavius Murray. And even that, even with Latavius Murray, you know, in a game where they're, it's a little bit more tight, I do think because now we have Taysom Hill, it's a run team with the Saints. I mean, both guys, Jamal and – I mean, Jamal's a good pass catcher too. Sometimes they whip up a little play for him to catch a ball uh, in the red zone. So I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Jamal Williams and Latavius Murray. So Kendall Hinton, uh, this was crazy. Like when I did my show on uh, on Saturday, I had so many Kendall Hinton questions in it. 
it was kind of annoying because I, I I mean I I never would have thought Kendall Hinton like can he never crossed my mind to use him in uh, in any format here but let's just pull up what the the Broncos did so he did complete one pass he completed one pass on the day you see Kendall Hinton with one completion nine attempts 13 yards two interceptions got sacked once in two rushes for seven yards so technically yeah, that's negative points. That is definitely negative points. If that's negative, you know, two points for interception, that's looking at, you know, basically minus two here. So nothing good from the Broncos. At this point, I think the Broncos should be getting at least one of their quarterbacks next weekend. But from a whole, as if you're looking at the Broncos as a whole, I'm really not sure I trust anybody here to be on my fantasy team in the playoffs. So I'm really trying to avoid the Broncos at all costs at this point. I mean, I'd rather, if it's up to me, I'm starting Jamal Williams and Latavius Murray over guys like Melvin Gordon or Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman. Give me the, the give me the backup players on good teams that, you know, in a good game, good game script, they can actually get into the end zone and, and get some garbage points there. Um, so we're kind of just going along the way here, talking news and notes that uh, came out from today. Um, nothing really, nothing really sticking out at the moment right now. We did see the 49. I think the 49ers might be a part of our plans here. I'm nervous about if Jimmy Garoppolo comes back and all of a sudden we're looking at, I mean, Debo Samuel had a great game. I think Brandon Ayuk's coming back, Jimmy Garoppolo coming back with those two receivers and you got Raheem Mostert, Jarek McKinnon, and then you got this tight end situation of Jordan Reed and Ross Dwelly. I think I'm going to be interested in the San Francisco 49ers coming up uh, into the playoff run. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Just monitor Jimmy Garoppolo. If you're in a two-quarterback league and Garoppolo's been dropped, he's worth holding on into the IR spot. And then uh, same with George Kittle. I think if, if anyone cut George Kittle and the 49ers have any chance, if it's weak, 15, 16, and they have any chance to make the playoffs, they, we might see George Kittle uh, make a return here. So that could be kind of fun. Um, so does Curtis Samuel have more value with DJ Moore out? Let's pull up, um, I guess, the, the numbers here. So, um, yeah, if, if DJ Moore is going to miss time, I think that's going to be a little bit of an uptick for both Robbie, Robbie and Curtis. And uh, if we look here, I mean, DJ Moore has been their leading snap receiver all season. Robbie Anderson's always a really close second, you know, whether it's five to 10% behind him. And then Curtis has always been the third guy, roughly 60 to 70% snaps. So now you're probably going to boost Curtis up into this 80 to 90% snap role. I don't, I really don't know. This Brandon Zilstra might be the third guy here that moves up, but you're going to see, you know, maybe 15 to 20% more snaps for Curtis Samuel, which should mean uh, an extra amount of touches. So if we just look at what Curtis Samuel did yesterday, so five targets, he gets an attempt rushing here. And DJ Moore led the way with nine targets. And again, when I was talking about DJ Moore earlier, he should have had two touchdowns on this on this game. He Teddy Bridgewater missed him wide open for like a 40, 45-yard touchdown. Uh, I think the next player two after that, Robbie Anderson had his catch and run for the touchdown. So that could have been DJ Moore's. And then DJ Moore got missed on like the five-yard line to basically to win the game. Um, so you're probably going to see Curtis Samuel if DJ Moore's out, he's got a really good chance at a touchdown. He's been scoring touchdowns at a pretty high clip clip lately. lately. And then you're probably going to see upwards of 8 to 10 targets and a couple carries for Curtis Samuel. So if anytime DJ Moore is going to be out, I'm probably ranking Curtis Samuel as a, like a must-start wide receiver three and uh, no worse than a flex. So I, I'm a big Curtis Samuel fan, uh, but I think I'm kind of optimistic that we might see DJ Moore. We'll, we'll kind of wait and see. But they are on by this weekend. Uh, but if DJ, if Curtis Samuel's available, I guess he'll be on my waiver wire uh, column this week. If he is available, I think he is worth uh, making sure you have him for the fantasy playoff run. Um, so yeah, Kirk Cousins has been playing pretty good. Uh, we did see Kirk Cousins actually. He, it's, it was surprising. He played very well without Adam Thielen, basically his security blanket. Um, so where is the Minnesota? Oh, we're already looking at it. So you see Kirk Cousins come in here, attempt 45 passes in this game. Uh, we did see the Carolina Panthers get two defensive touchdowns on back-to-back -back plays. Uh, I don't think that's ever been done in the NFL before. And it was also by the same player, uh, rookie safety Jordan Chin uh, was able to, to get two fumbles to the house. So Kirk Cousins ends up throwing the ball 45 times. 34 attempts, 307 yards, three touchdowns, no turnover. Oh, he did have a fumble, but no interceptions at least. Uh, Dalvin Cook was in and out of this one. We're going to have to monitor him. 
I think he left for the good part of the third quarter. He did come back in the fourth quarter. Uh, but the Carolina Panthers did a really good job holding him in check. Again, 18 carries for 61 yards. That's almost 3.1, 3.2 yards per carry. No touchdowns. And then they limited him to uh, about five yards per catch. And he also fumbled in that one. So a really, really tough game for Dalvin Cook. And then basically from now on, anytime Adam Thielen is going to be out, we know Justin Jefferson's a must start. He catches seven of his 13 targets, 70 yards, and two touchdowns. So I think I'm, I'm just thinking in terms of next year, I think Justin Jefferson's going to be uh, a pretty high draft pick, whether that's a fourth or a fifth round pick for us to be a wide receiver two or three. Uh, Adam Thielen's getting a little bit older. I think he's maybe 31 years old. So this is going to be all about Justin Jefferson going forward next year. And uh, I really think uh, he's he's got the goods to be a really good player for us the next couple of years. So would you rank Debo Samuel over Curtis Samuel? Um, probably I'm probably going to take Debo Samuel just because I know he's going to get the, the more consistent targets. Um, and we know that in that <clears throat> I kind of trust the Kyle Shanahan offense to just feed Debo the targets. Um, Debo's a little bit, I mean, he's been kind of in and out of the lineup all year, but he, he got 13 targets yesterday, 11 catches, 133 yards. And they kind of like the way that I've been reading about the 49ers offense is they kind of view everybody as a running back and they just make these little scheduled plays to get the guys, uh, the ball really quickly. And Debo Samuel is fantastic at getting open really quickly. He's probably one of the best one, two step open guys in the league right now. So 11 for 133, I think he's got a pretty high uh, floor for the most part. And with, with Curtis Samuel, you're also kind of trusting Teddy Bridgewater. I guess with Debo, you're also trusting Nick Mullins. I really don't know if I feel that indifferent. I just think Debo Samuel, we know he's the alpha of the 49ers. It'd be a little bit different if George Kittle was there. But I think I'm taking Debo Samuel over Curtis uh, the rest of the way. And then uh, they are not related. I'm pretty sure they are not related. Um but uh, I don't know. Both Samuels are very interesting guys. And uh, I don't know. We basically just need to monitor that DJ Moore report. Uh, we're probably not going to hear anything on DJ Moore the rest of the week because they're on by. So next week we'll see if DJ Moore practices. But for now, man, if, if DJ or if Debo Samuel was released in any of your leagues, he is the guy to go pick up. And I think Brandon Ayuk is going to be coming back too. And they kind of use Brandon Ayuk in a very similar fashion. I just wanted to go to ESPN here. And I was just kind of curious to see. Um, I just want to see how I guess how much percent owned a guy like Debo Samuel is. So if I filter by percent rostered, man, Tyree Kill yesterday. What the hell? Um, so I'm just scrolling down to find Debo. So Debo Samuel is only about 61% owned in ESPN league. So there's a small chance that he's available in your league. He's actually less owned than Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel is about 75%, which is kind of surprising. So um, keep an eye out, though, because Brandon Ayuk, he might be available in your league. And when Ayuk plays, they just kind of they, – they use him and Debo very similarly. You see seven, eight, six catches, a lot of yards here, a lot of touchdowns for, for Brandon Ayuk. Um, so he's probably going to be a guy that I highlight on my waiver wire report. Uh, another guy that I'm probably going to talk about is, is Sterling Shepard. He's been a guy here that really – like five his last five games, he's been over double digits in PPR leagues. And he plays Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland. Cleveland can be beat with the, the secondary here. So he's got a stretch of games here, and he's getting double-digit points. So I'm, I'm kind of a big fan of Sterling Shepard. Uh, he's played seven games all season, and the one game he didn't get double digits was the game he got hurt in the first quarter. And if you look at that, 5.5 points in the first quarter, he was basically on track for 20 points in that game. Um, so I'm really a big fan of Sterling Shepard probably the rest of the way. Uh, he's been, a, I mean, Darius Slayton, we can't really trust him anymore. He had a goose burger yesterday. Um, so he's been kind of in, in and out of our lineups all week and best or all year in terms of best ball scoring. But um, I don't know. Do you guys have any other uh, players or receivers or information that we think we could be looking at? Otherwise, I'm just kind of kind of, I'm just basically going to default back to Roto World and kind of keep looking for some of the news bits uh, that I saw here. It looks like they're just kind of going over some of the uh, the news and notes from yesterday. But uh, as far as I guess, I guess as far as running backs that might catch my eye and just because we're going into the, the fantasy football stretch run here, it's always a good idea to add your backups here. We did see J James Conner. He went on the COVID list. I don't because he's been he's he's I mean, he's battled cancer. He has some health conditions. We might see 
him with the longer recovery period. So if, if you guys didn't get Benny Snell or Anthony McFarland Jr., these might be guys worth holding on to. And then with Todd Gurley and his, his kind of chronic knee injuries, Brian Hill and Edo Smith, those guys might have some value the rest of the season. Uh, I'm assuming DeAndre Swift's going to come back. If you held on to Austin Eckler, great job. He's going to be locked and loaded as our RB2 and probably an RB1 the rest of the way. So I'm very excited here. Guys, I don't think we're going to see Joe Mixon the rest of the season. Uh, just with the way the, the, the season's going for the Bengals, uh, they do say he's eligible to return week 14. Uh, but I, in a game against – I'm probably not going to play him against Pittsburgh if, if I'm that far. I really don't see uh, anything to hold on to him except for maybe a game against Houston. Uh, but I, I'm probably not holding on to Joe Mixon. As far as Jonathan Taylor, he was on the COVID list this weekend. I don't know if we're going to – because I think he tested positive on Saturday which might make him eligible for the, the Houston game, but I'm really not sure. We'll have to monitor his reports throughout the rest of the week. So, again, Jordan Wilkins is probably worth holding on to for the week, and then as well as Naheem Hines for sure. Uh, I'm just kind of looking around for other running backs that might catch my eye. I do think – let's see about David Johnson. He's had the concussion symptoms for a while, and it's never a good thing when you go on the IR for a concussion. So I'm, I'm really nervous. We might've seen the last of David Johnson. And again, this team isn't really going anywhere. Are they going to want to try to get David Johnson in the lineup? Uh, we might just see Duke Johnson probably the rest of the season. Um, as far as the Buffalo bills running backs, we did see some good things out of Devin Singletary yesterday. He finished with 11.2 PPR points. He had 11 for 82. Yeah. He had a, he busted a really long run. I can't remember how long it was. Uh, but 82 rushing yards, three catches, 20 yards. And then I'm just kind of curious to see what our guy, the rookie Zach Moss, did. Uh, he had himself a pretty decent day. He goes nine for 59 uh, yards and then two for nine. Um, again, this is a guy I'm, – I'm watching the Buffalo backfield because they uh, as it gets colder, and I guess they only have one more home game. They have three away games, but these look like some cold games here. I'm interested to see if the Buffalo offense uh, shifts to a more run-heavy focus. And uh, basically Josh Allen maybe runs a little bit more north, uh, towards the red zone too. Um, so the one guy here that sticks out is going to be James White, who's about 48% owned. Um, he was the goal line back the other day. He ended up uh, scoring two touchdowns, five carries, 18 yards, two touchdowns, and only one catch. Like, what the hell? Uh, he's typically the, the pass catching back. Everybody knows this. But with Rex Burkhead out of the picture, they decided to uh, – maybe they just tricked the defense. And, the, and when James White is in, you typically think they're going to throw the ball. But you see James White come out of nowhere and get the two goal line touchdowns. These could have been – easily could have been Cam Newton's touchdowns. So I think that was what was going on here. Bill Belichick playing chess while the defense is playing checkers. Um, so he's a guy that in a game where he only catches one ball, uh, he gets 14.7 points. Uh, they play the Chargers, the Rams, the Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, the rest of the way, and they do not have another pass catching back now that Burkhead's been on IR. So I do like James White in PPR leagues. He can be an RB2 flex for us the rest of the way. Uh, and we had uh, we had Fabian kind of bringing up Latavius Murray and Jamal Williams. I think these two guys are low-end RB2 flex plays the rest of the season. So here's the case study with Jamal Williams. Um, we know that when Aaron Jones is out, Jamal Williams is an RB1. You know, the Houston and the Minnesota game here, Jamal Williams played great football. And when Aaron Jones has been in, uh, you see an 8.5, an 8.6, a 13.3. And then going back up here, it looks like only two games Jamal Williams has disappointed us. Otherwise, it looks like, I mean, again, 8.2, 8.3. He's had four games of a floor of about eight points. So I really think uh, the rest of the way, with the Packers' schedule especially, they play Philadelphia, Detroit, Carolina, Tennessee. These are all games. Uh, maybe the Tennessee game is going to be tough, but Philly, Detroit, and Carolina. We expect Green Bay to win this game, and my thought process on Aaron Jones earlier is that this team, and say, this also works for Alvin Kamara. The Packers and the Saints are thinking Super Bowl. They're, we're not going to, especially in games like against Detroit or Carolina, you're not going to see Aaron Jones get the ball 30 times, 25 times. We're never going to see that. They're, you're going to see Jamal Williams take a lot of contact hits and uh, probably get, you know, upwards of 10 to 12 carries. Just keep, uh, he's playing good football. They have no reason to pound Aaron Jones. Make sure Aaron Jones is healthy from when we need him uh, into the actual playoffs here. So Bob Ross asks, is Bernard worth keeping over Jamal Williams if I have Aaron Jones? 
Uh, is Bernard worth keeping over Jamal Williams? If you have Aaron Jones, I think I would. It depends, Bob. If are you using Giovanni Bernard at all in your starting lineup? Like, is he a RB two for you? Is he a flex spot for you? I think at this point, especially, I mean, going into the fantasy playoffs, anything happens to Aaron Jones, I think we're going to be kicking ourselves if we don't have Jamal Williams. And uh, basically, Jamal Williams is kind of he's an insurance policy, but he's also like a high end handcuff that he has a role like we know he's going to get the ball a couple times uh and he didn't catch a, a ball against the the bears here but we did see i mean he catches you know sometimes two three four five catches a game here so if you are not using giovanni bernard i do think jamal williams has more value especially for your team with with aaron jones uh as your rb1 and if you're not using giovanni bernard i don't i mean i think i i think i would go in and make sure i secure jamal williams um, because even on a worst case scenario, say Aaron Jones is healthy the rest of the way. Cool. You still have Jamal Williams locked up for protection and insurance purposes. But, uh, if any other injuries happen to your team, or if you need a guy that, Hey, um, one of my receivers is out this week and I just, I just need a, a flex player here and say that's week 14 against, against the Detroit Lions. I, I could easily see Jamal Williams having himself a pretty good game. He did go eight for 63, uh, against these guys earlier in the year. So he he has played against Detroit pretty well. We'll see about Philly and Carolina. Uh, but in terms of your roster construction, Jamal Williams is a very big value to your team with, with Aaron Jones. Um, so you dropped Williams for, Fitz, for Fitzpatrick. Uh, I guess we would need to know, I guess, what other quarterbacks you're carrying, if, if you're fine with rolling with Fitzpatrick or whatnot. Uh, but definitely, if, if you can get rid of Giovanni Bernard, I, I mean... Uh, that's the Bengal. Like, give me the Packers offense over the Bengals. And you see here, I mean, we've known, we've known Joe Mixon's been out what since like week seven or eight. And these last few games, these look exactly like Jamal Williams's numbers and Joe Mixon's out. So if, if these are games without Joe Mixon, I, I really don't see that much of an upside. Uh, he does play Pittsburgh again, week 15. We're probably not going to use him. I don't know about Miami, Dallas and Houston. Maybe Giovanni Bernard has some nice games. But if you're not going to be starting Giovanni Bernard, I'd rather I'd rather stash Jamal Williams 100%, just because the Packers' offense, man, they they score touchdowns, and uh, they the cool part about the Packers' schedule the rest of the way is they have one, two, three home games left out of four in the fantasy playoffs here. So Green Bay, they they have a really nice schedule to set us up for the fantasy championship run. And then just looking at the the, the Saints, because we were kind of talking about this, I kind of view Latavius Murray and Jamal Williams in like the same, I guess, the same light. So uh, the last two games, I mean, Latavius Murray just got fed yesterday. They did not have to really, you know, throw the ball or do much with the passing game here. So you see Latavius Murray just kind of take off. Uh, but this team plays Atlanta, Philadelphia, Kansas City, and Minnesota. So of the four remaining games, I don't know if I'm going to trust Latavius for Kansas City, but against Atlanta, I mean, he did he ran out for 10.5 points, and this is without a touchdown, by the way, guys. So if he if if that game is out of hand again, like it was two weeks ago, we could see Latavius Murray, you know, get another touchdown run, and and he does have a floor here of about five or six points. So on a worst case scenario, uh, he'll get you this amount. But just keep in mind, this is with Drew Brees. And then now we have a two-game sample size with Taysom Hill. And uh, these have both been really easy games for the New Orleans Saints. But you see 12 carries, 19 carries. He's involved in the passing game. Uh, I do think, and then again, just the, the same case with Alvin Kamara. This team is thinking Super Bowl. Why, I mean, if, if we're up three touchdowns, why should we, we be, you know, banging Alvin Kamara in between the tackles when you got this tank named Latavius? Um, so I'm really high on both Murray and Jamal Williams. That's kind of the thinking that I'm on. Where even if you get, if, even if you don't like need to start these guys for a certain week, I think they're still very valuable chess pieces to put into your toolbox. So Jamal Williams, Latavius Murray. I guess that's the most important takeaway from the show. Is I'm I'm very big into these handcuffs here. Uh, in terms of I guess let's just flip the page here on this this percent rostered list. And I mean basically maybe we'll just kind of call out some dark horses here. Um, so we're looking at guys that are basically less than 36% owned on this ESPN uh, league here. 
so Alexander Madison, if he, I mean, only 33% owned, but if he was dropped in any league, this guy could be a league winner. We have seen Dalvin Cook get hurt the last two games. So this guy's he's purely a, a handcuff. Um, we're not going to ever start him if Dalvin Cook's healthy. He does have some interesting matchups here. I don't like this Tampa Bay matchup, but uh, Green Bay just ran the ball really well in Chicago. We'll see about New Orleans. So it's not a great schedule, but again, if Dalvin Cook's out, Alexander Madison can be a really good play there. Uh, Carlos Hyde. Uh, we sh- we should see Chris Carson back uh, tonight, uh, but I did think that uh, I read a couple things and a couple weird quotes out of Seattle. Um, they haven't had their healthy running backs all season, and that's been kind of fuel- fueling all this Russ Wilson, you know, let Russ cook kind of stuff where he's just whipping the ball around back and forth. Uh, but now that they got their two best running backs back, Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson, I think we're going to see a little bit more attention and shift to the running game. Uh, so with with Carson, he's always been kind of you know a guy that gets banged up for one or two games uh, throughout the year. So if you are a Carlos or Chris Carson owner, maybe it makes sense to grab Carlos Hyde. He's only twenty seven percent owned, and he looked really good last week. Uh, and I guess another guy here that really sticks out is going to be Cam Akers, the rookie running back. Uh, he hasn't really been – it's it's not been a year to remember for him. But the last two games, he's got a touchdown in the running game, a touchdown in the receiving game. And he put the – he basically put this team in position to win the game at the end of the game last night. He goes 9 for 84. I think he busted like a 60-some yard run to get them, you know, to the red zone. And then they, they let him get the goal line touch into the red zone. So 9 for 84. Um, it is still a three-headed committee, but they do have the Jets and the Seahawks weeks 15 and 16. So if this guy's available, he's worth a he's worth a spot on the end of the bench, I think, just to see what happens. If Malcolm Brown gets hurt or Daryl Henderson's kind of had a hamstring thing, if any of these guys get hurt, I'm I'm all about hoarding running backs with talent. We know Cam Akers was a second-round pick. They obviously liked him but he's just kind of buried on the depth chart right now as the running back three. So keep an eye on Cam Akers. He's only about 28% owned in ESPN leagues. Let's just kind of keep moving here. Um, The Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott. I know if you're an Elliott owner, you're probably pretty pissed off. It's not having uh, much success lately for this offense, but games against Baltimore, Cincinnati, San Francisco, Philadelphia, I guess these are some tough matchups here, but if anything happens to Zeke, I'm still open to to looking at Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard does look good on limited touches, so keep an eye on him. If you need a guy that like it's not gonna feel it's not gonna feel great, but Frank Gore, all of a sudden, Frank Gore with Nola Michael Pirine, the rookie running back there. We see Frank Gore with back-to-back games of double-digit PPR points. He caught three balls, 12 yards last week, two for 10 the week before. And then he's getting 15 and 18 touches here. So 61 yards, 7.4 or 74. He's running out of 4.1 yards per clip here. So all of a sudden, Frank Gore with games against the Raiders, the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Browns. I mean, if you're telling me Frank Gore, I know it's the Jets, but a running back that's going to get 15 to 20 touches – He's kind of worth a low-end RB2 spot. So the ageless wonder here, Frank Gore, can maybe help you if you're if you're in a tricky spot at the running back's position. And then we'll kind of just look around here for maybe one more name that I think people are sleeping on. Um, I guess one thing that um, I'm really interested in is weeks, just keeping an eye out for weeks 15 and week 16. We have an undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers, and we also have a 10-1 and uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So these two teams don't play each other the rest of the way. Uh, but if anything happens um, to the Chiefs or the Steelers and they don't need to play a game week 15 or I guess week 16, that's the one that we're going to be wanting to see if these guys have to rest these players. But they just because they're both you know winning a lot of games, they might have to make each other compete until week 17. But just keep an eye on these backups up here, whether that's Daryl Williams for Kansas City in the running back department or it's Benny Snell. I think these guys are are very valuable handcuffs. Uh, And essentially any team that's like towards the top of the list. So Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Tennessee, these handcuffs are all into play. So for Tennessee and you have Derrick Henry, you're looking at Deonta Foreman. 
or maybe even looking at Jeremy McNichols. With Pittsburgh, it's Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane. With Kansas City, it's going to be Le'Veon Bell, Daryl Williams, Darwin Thompson. Uh, just keeping just I'm not saying to add these guys right now. Maybe Benny Snell for sure, because we know James Conner has a COVID list. Uh, but we have to kind of keep an eye out for these these handcuff running backs. And again, that's Latavius Murray, Jamal Williams, Carlos Hyde, the Giants. Wayne Gallman's been kind of the man there. Uh, but with the Rams, it's Cam Akers. You know, a lot of these these good teams with backup running backs, I think they're going to help us uh, punch through to the fantasy championship here. So uh, we've been kind of going on for 50 minutes here. We have a game starting in maybe 20, 25 minutes. If you guys have any other questions, I'll hang out for another minute or two. But I think that's going to wrap it up. Um, I think the plan going forward, for at least for, it's so hard. Like everything is day to day right now for for the NFL, for fantasy football. Um, typically, uh, my my weekly schedule Monday night would just be my hangout night where I'm just doing notes and we're kind of just discussing some of the guys I like on the waiver wire. And then Tuesday would be my waiver wire report. Wednesday I, I would talk about the Thursday night football game coming up and all this. Uh, but the whole schedule kind of gets out of whack this week. So I think what I'm going to do is tomorrow night, I'll probably do the same thing as tonight where uh, I'll have a little bit more work on my waiver wire report done. So I'll talk about some more of the guys that I like there. I think for Wednesday night, because I would normally cover the Thursday night football game, but there's no Thursday night football game. We're probably just going to do another typical Wednesday night hangout where uh, we just, we just kind of answer questions in the chat room. We'll see what you guys are, are feeling in terms of questions there. And then, Thursday and Friday, we'll do our start sits. And uh, I don't know, I had a really good time on Saturday night. Uh, we did a six o'clock show. It was one of my most viewed shows in terms of live, uh, a live viewer count. So I think maybe we typically do our player prop show on Sunday, but I on, on Saturday morning. But I think sun, Saturday at six o'clock, I'm probably going to go live and we'll just open it up to everyone's questions. I'll go over the news and whatever else we need to know before Sunday. But I think that might be something I do going forward. So if you're into that, let me know in the comments. Um, but, uh, I think that's going to do it for this show. If you guys need anything tonight, let me know on Twitter. You can, uh, you can comment here on the video. I usually check those pretty often, but, uh, if you're still listening, uh, don't forget to subscribe to the fantasy fellowship, check out the fantasyfellowship.com. Uh, if you like listening, if you, if you'd rather listen to the podcast format, we are on Spotify, we're on Apple, all the podcasting platforms that you need. But uh, I think the YouTube is the best uh, the best way to consume this show just because we do the screen shares and you can kind of see what we're looking at here. So I want to thank you guys all for your time. Thanks for Bob Ross and Fabian in the chat room. You guys are are well appreciated. I really like having you guys hang out with me. So, again, good luck tonight. I guess Seahawks-Eagles, it should be a pretty fun game here. The Eagles need to win to stay uh, atop the NFC East. But I think the Seahawks, man, we're going to see a little bit more. A little bit more attention in the run game. So I hope you guys got your lineup set. And uh, good luck. We'll, we'll hang out tomorrow night. So adios. Peace.